You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie, and I am your host here on Time to Revive. And in the studio with me is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello again. Well, I'm excited. We're starting a brand new series, Invoking His Power series. First of all, let's kind of give a little bit of an idea about the title, Invoking His Power. Let's talk about what triggers you when you hear Invoking His Power. Yeah, I have to be honest uh, with the listeners, Angie, we talked about this. And when I hear Invoking, this is exactly how people that are on the dark side, that's what they do. They invoke this demons. Is, they invoke spiritual activity. They so it's invite. like a magical word. It's like yes, a, it's a it word is. that they use for magic and things like that, invoking. Absolutely. And so it's inviting. So mm. if you, you think about the word invoking, it means inviting, right? So you are inviting, and we're going to get into this in a little bit. We want to talk about it from the perspective of how we are asking God to give us the power that is already promised to us. Right. So we're just asking that power to come into us. It's not something magical. It's something we were already given from the beginning. Right. So we want to change the people's perspective, That's our listeners' perspective, as to what it means to be invoking his power. That's perfect, Angie. So again, from John the Baptist's standpoint, he must increase, I must decrease. So we're inviting his, invoking his power because we need it in our lives. Amen. But Jesus himself invoked the power of God when he went away to pray. Well, and he told us to use it. This is the great stuff we're going to yeah. be covering over the next few weeks. Now, we're going to be breaking down, invoking his power, this series, in different chunks. Today, we're going to talk about identity. Now, I know that we've had a whole series on identity, but when it comes to his power, we need to start back to what were we created as? Right. Because when we talk about how we were created, then we can talk about where we are today. And then we're going to move into repentance. So <laughs> this is all going to tie together. I promise you, stay with us because Mark and I are like very excited about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just going to say too. <laughs> we're very excited about this series because the power of the blood of Jesus is like no other. Right. So can we go ahead and jump right into scripture? Let's do Angie. We're going to head over to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. I love how it says in verse 26, let us make mankind. Amen. And he and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were all there in the beginning. And so he's, he's saying us. At creation. Yeah. Yeah. I still sit and I try to think about what we looked like in the garden before the fall, because we were in the image of God. Right. So yet, I think that we had a resemblance of what bodies we have now, but there was something more. And I don't even think we can imagine what that would look like. Right. But 
they were naked, which was something we read in Genesis chapter two was, yes, they were naked and they were not ashamed. Right. They had perfect bodies. They had perfect relationship with God. So yeah, Angie, you're absolutely correct. When we start to unpack identity, we have to go back and see what the identity originally was at creation. Yeah. That's why we're taking it all the way back to Genesis, because that was idealistically in God's idea. Here is what your identity is. Yeah. And we can't base it on what it looks like today right. because it wasn't exactly like what it is today. Right. It was something we can only see again in heaven. And so what we're going to begin to look at today is the first thing that Satan attacked when he attacked man because of his jealousy of man, because mm -hmm. man was given the image of God, the identity of God. And so Satan immediately comes, as we know in John 10, 10, to kill, steal, and destroy. So right. he came to attack and steal that identity from man right away. So we're going to move over to Genesis chapter 3. I know that when they were in the garden, they lived in communion with God. They walked with him. They talked with him. It was a perfect communion. And it was the way that God created us to be. Right. So in the middle of the garden was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Someone said, why put a tree there in the first place? And right. <laughs> I love the answer was, let's not get too hung up on the tree. However, it goes back to the fact that God wanted relationship with us. He wasn't forcing us right. to have relationship with him. So he allowed us to make choices right from the very beginning. That's part of our DNA. He never created us to be puppets. Exactly. Otherwise, he'd be a cruel and harsh God that was making us do everything. Right. That's not how he is. He's a loving God. He wanted a loving relationship. So we're not going to get hung up on the tree, but we are going to go to Genesis <laughs> chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now he's throwing her a bone right because that's not exactly what god said right he only it, said not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it's a slight twisting which is exactly <laughs> how satan, satan tempted jesus yeah. in the wilderness just a little bit of a slight twist on what god actually said verse right. two it says the woman said to the serpent we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden but god did say you must not eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Now, did she get that right? Mm, no. So she didn't she listen. Missed very... it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't listen very well either. Right. So he did say not to eat from the tree of knowledge. He didn't say he didn't couldn't touch it. Right. He just couldn't eat it. Now, I wasn't there. <laughs> Maybe there was a sidebar conversation that didn't make I don't know. But let's go on to verse 4 cuz we could get off the rails very quickly. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I think right there that he actually kind of told the truth in yeah, sort of a exactly. kind of a way. Yeah. Because they would know the difference between good and evil if they ate from it. But he still twisted God's words. Well, and the best lie, Angie, has the most element of truth in it mixed in. Mm. Yeah, because it, you, it makes you believe it just right. a little bit more. Right. All right. It says, verse six, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some 
and ate it. So why do you think that she was tempted? So why do you think temptation came in? And I think it's exactly what we just said, Angie. I think he came attacking her identity. Yeah, exactly. The identity was you are complete in God. You are walking with him. You have perfect relationship with him. And what did Satan steal? He stole her knowledge of that whole, what she rested in, that she had perfect relationship. She said, basically, he's not telling you the truth. A seed of doubt that God was not telling her the truth. Right. Just a seed of doubt was planted, and that's all he needed. Because then she said, oh, I thought he did. Maybe he didn't. So it wasn't that she was really desiring to have more, but he stole her identity of that perfect union. Right. So are we, are we tracking? Is there anything I, I've missed? <laughs> no, I think, I think it's perfect. All right. So let's, let's move on from Genesis chapter three. Let's take it back to the New Testament, because now we need to talk about, now that we know that Satan stole our identity in the garden, and from there we were cast out and we had to live this life of a sinful nature, right? right? So we had this sin nature that we're born into because of Adam and Eve's disobedience. Let's talk about how that plays into the New Testament and Jesus. Yeah, so our segue, our leap way, way forward here, Angie, is because we have the Adam, the first man, and now Jesus is described as the last Adam. Mm-hmm. And so that's the leap into this. So this is talking about Jesus, who is our salvation. Yes, right? but let's dig into it. Yeah, and I want to go into Ephesians so that we dig into this together in the Word. And so there's three things, and I'm going to say them, and then we'll read. There's three things that I want us to see, which is our identity, which, of course, Jesus purchased with his own blood. But the first one is that we are saved. Our identity is, if we are in Christ, we're saved. Number two, we are sealed, okay? And number three, we are seated, So we're saved, we're sealed, and we're seated. Now let's go to the Word. And I want to start with Ephesians 1, and I want to read verses 13 and 14. It says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is our guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now let's jump over to chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." In that the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Okay, so that's a mouthful. But again, to expound on what we say at verse 8, it's pointing out here, you've been saved by grace through faith. And so that is the first promise. That is the first element of our identity, is that we are saved by grace, by God's goodness and His grace, through our faith and believing. And number two is sealed, and that is Ephesians 1, 13. It says, in whom also having believed, okay, we believed, 
and we were saved, and now you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So there's the second piece. Our identity is we're saved and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, okay? And now number three is verse six of Ephesians two, which says, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So our identity is that we're also seated with Christ. So if we know that Christ is in heaven, and this says right here, because we believed, we're sealed, and now we're seated with him. So either we're completely in him or we're not. And so going all the way back to Genesis, and what you said it so well, Angie, this was the perfect creation. This was perfect communion with God. This was one with God. And now what he's saying here now in Christ Jesus, our identity can be restored to that very thing because Jesus is the second Adam. He's the last Adam. Mm. He is the finality of the restoration of our identity. And I know that in churches we talk a lot about that he saved us and that he took our sins away and that we have eternal life. It's not just a get out of jail free card. It's not just a ticket to heaven. There's more that he did for us that we don't really dive into. But I think it's important to know, yes, he saved you from your sins, but what he did was he restored your identity, not to have the sin nature that we were born into, but now to have the God nature. That's good. And that's how we need to see it is, he came and saved us from that sin nature that happened in the garden. Right. So when we move on and we're talking about these other weeks that we're talking about repentance, we need to understand the difference between repentance and our sin nature. So we're going to get into that in the next couple of weeks, but I think it's important to note that we are definitely restored back to our garden experience, I guess you might say. I think that's a perfect way to put it. But it's also, it's also important to note that where we stand right now, yes, we are redeemed. We are saved and sealed and seated, but now we're fighting for our lives every single day against the enemy who was given that authority once we fell in the garden. That's perfectly put, Ange. And so now it's a war. So we're warring against those principalities and those powers. Game on. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So I hope everybody's following along with us. I think it's, there's so much that we can say. And now that we've talked about identity, next week we're going to get into repentance, as I said, and that sin nature. We're rolling into our testimony time now, and I am here with a dear personal friend of mine and colleague, Pastor Steve Harmon. Steve, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah, and the cool backstory to this is Pastor Steve and I started Revive Ohio in 2016 in the county where we were both pastoring together but didn't know each other. And we were introduced through Revive, and now, man, here we are in ministry together. So close, and didn't even know each other. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, we were a stone's throw away, literally, from each other, but uh, didn't know, wasn't aware of it. So we were we we're all doing like we all do normally, is we're all busy in our own parts of the mm. vineyard, so to speak. Yeah. And yet, uh, God allowed our, our paths to cross, and, and uh, Steve and I are working together now in Revive Ohio. So today, it's really exciting because one of the things that 
we're going to get to hear and get to know you better in is this thing that we call identity in Christ. We've been talking about this thing called identity, and here's the contrast. Like someone who doesn't know who they are in Christ and someone who does know who they are in Christ or understands it. And Pastor Steve, I know you've been in ministry a long time, and you've probably seen people on both sides of that. Well, I'm thinking of a specific example that actually took place uh, in Dark County. When Revive came to Dark County, there was a, a young lady that I knew. I knew her family and knew her when she was younger. And uh, she started coming to Revive. I'm not sure how she got invited. Um, but this young lady was pretty lost in her walk and just in her life. Uh, she'd had a lot of turmoil take place throughout her life. And uh, so she was pretty confused about who she was and, and uh, where she was headed in life, really. And she came to Revive, got involved. Of course, we ended up being in Dark County for three weeks. So at this point, I can't tell you at what point this took place. Uh, but she had an experience with the Lord. And uh, what I started hearing from family members, I was basically, I don't know what happened to her, but she's not the same person anymore. So she kind of found her identity in Christ, right? She discovered yes. her identity in Christ through uh, an encounter. What I always envision and this is the reality of it. When somebody doesn't know who they are, uh, we all have what they call a God hole. Mm. Like it's the way we were created in his image. And when we don't know who are, who we are in God, we try to fill that hole with everything else. And so what kind of things would this girl try to fill that hole with? Well, I think probably, uh, and again, I can't speak specifically for her, but I think in so many instances, it's, it's sex. It's drugs, it's alcohol. Uh, for a lot of people, it's materialism. Mm. I mean, I think the list really is endless. It depends a lot. I was thinking about this earlier today. It, it depends a lot, I think, on the culture that we grew up in and what is expected of us or what has been said about us. I think we establish our identities for the most part on what we've heard about ourselves when we're young. And we kind of get stuck in that identity until someone shakes us enough or we get shaken enough in life that we start searching and it begins to bring us out of that neck that, that god-shaped hole is the exact thing that that i think we have to reference because it's there god has set eternity in the hearts of men the scripture says and uh so the only thing that's eternal is he is him is god himself and so he's in there there's something about us that has to fill that of course, it was at the fall that uh, we lost that. We know that when uh, Adam and Eve were created, that God breathed the breath of life into them, and they became what Scripture says is a living spirit. But we find out in uh, Thessalonians, Paul says we are spirit, soul, and body. So something's transpired from us being a body with a living spirit to being a body, soul, and spirit. And that's what took place at the fall. And now the soul is trying to find things to please it. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And so it's trying to find things that will satisfy the mind, the will, and the emotions. And so when we come to Christ and we come to an understanding that the Holy Spirit now lives in, in us, we can, I think, begin to transform because we have a new mindset now. Yeah, it's awesome, Steve, because we were talking about, you know, what the devil stole in the garden is, or what he attacked and stole, was our identity. 
So we were identified mm-hmm. with Christ. Adam and Eve were identified with Christ initially. And then what the devil did was come attacking that and stole it away immediately. It's almost like he was listening to us record that. Right, exactly. <laughs> he, said it, he said exactly what we said. Praise God. I mean, that just confirms the message. The message is it was stolen and we want it back. Right. And Christ is our way of getting it back. Yeah. And so, Steve, much of what we see is not just sharing the gospel with the lost and actually introducing them to Christ, maybe for the first time, but we've also experienced many, many Christians who don't understand their identity either, Steve. And that's a part of equipping the saints that we've experienced. So you have any uh, thoughts on that piece of it, Steve? Well, I think it's something that probably isn't spoken about or talked about or even preached about enough in the church of that who we are in Christ. We keep going back to that old identity. We've lived in that network our entire lives until we find Christ. And for a lot of us, that's all that we know. And so we continue to go back to that. And I think it's just it's a topic that needs to be talked about more in the church. People need to be trained uh, to come to the understanding that I'm not who I was. I took a class uh, years ago in Bible college, and it was by actually by Dutch Sheets, and it was called Becoming Who You Are. And he said, really, we need to become who we already are. We already are these things in Christ. But we hold on to that old network. We hold on to those old thoughts and ways because that's what we've known for the majority of our lives. So I think it takes a certain amount of training for people to come to an understanding of what Scripture says about who we are in Christ, that we're no longer that old thing in Christ. All things have become new. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. But that's a hard thing for our minds uh, to overcome. The soul rejects that. When it first hears that, it rejects everything that has anything to do with God because the soul wants to exalt itself. Mm -hmm. That's part of that, what was stolen in the garden. And so we have to begin to change that mindset. Yeah, and so true, Stephen. So it is, we've talked about, it's the renewing of our minds. We have to renew our minds to that truth, because you're right, everything that's within us, meaning the soul and our flesh, is resisting that. So what we have to do is renew our minds to that truth and that identity in Christ. Right, because Scripture also goes on to talk about, you know, exalting itself. And what it's talking about is the soul wants to exalt itself. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the renewing of the mind is, is the key of that. Steve, in your personal experience, when a person steps into their identity, then what is the power that we are invoking? So it's kind of describe that to me, because that's the title of our messages, is invoking his power and the power of this identity. So what does this identity, when we finally get that message, what does that do for us? Yeah, well, it empowers the spirit. I mean, it's really that simple. The spirit is living within us now once we receive Christ. And we can begin now to walk that out in the spirit. It says we walk by faith, not by sight, not by the things we're used to, not by the things we know, but we walk now by faith. We walk in the spirit. He's in us. He has empowered us. But as long as we keep wanting to go back to the old man, we never can walk in the new man. I can remember years ago, we went into a prison to do ministry. And as we walked into the prison, this great big set of gates opened and we walked through this set of gates and there was another set of gates in front of us that we had to walk through, but we couldn't go through those. Those would not open until the gates behind us closed. And so as the gates behind us closed, the ones open in front of us and we could go forward. 
I think what happens is we keep looking back at the gate behind us. Uh, God's got a, a great new walk for us, a new journey for us that lies ahead of us. But as long as we keep turning back to the old ways, instead of letting the power of the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us, we're going to keep wanting to go back instead of go forward. But once we get a hold of that, we can begin to walk it out. And he is there in every step. He leads, he guides every step along the way. Uh, but then again, it comes to now we have to trust him as he does that leading and guiding. Pastor Steve, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, unfortunately, time is so short here, but man, we could talk about this for, for days. And of course, uh, there's so many things about God we can talk about, but I'm so thankful that you were able to share and impart. And so our listeners can get to hear your heart, which is amazing. Like Angie said, there, just keep lining up with uh, the Holy Spirit lines us up every week, but this is so exciting. And Steve, thanks for pouring out your heart and sharing a, a nugget with us. And um, I, I just, it's its kind of like, drop the mic. What else do you say? I mean, you covered it so well uh, and everything. And so I'm just grateful that you were able to be a part of the this program today, Steve. And so with that, uh, this is Mark Bird, and this is Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.